0: Welcome to the We Won't Die Wandering podcast. My name is Ryan James. Each episode, I'll be continuing my quest to explore and unpack why so many of us break down in midlife and consider it such a crisis, and how to find and fulfill renewed purpose and meaning in the second half of our lives. Sometimes I'll go out alone and share my own reflections, and others I'll invite guests along to get seriously curious about everything from life, love, business, and beyond. Wake up. Don't die wondering. You've got this, we've got this, let's do this. Okay, we are recording. Um, Hello, everybody. Um, So this is Ryan James again, We Won't Know Wondering podcast. And miraculously, we're up to episode 14. And I say miraculous because it felt like we were stuck on number 13 for so long. Uh, The last interview I did with Tom Evans. Um. And this week, I have another guest, um, or this, this, this episode, I have another guest. Um, and so this guy goes by the name of Don Macavinci, and I don't really know Don, to be honest. <laughs> We've had one conversation, <clears throat> but the conversation was so illuminating that I thought, I very definitely want to get Don onto this, com- onto this podcast. And the reason being is, and this is for your benefit too, Don, albeit you and I know this, but it'll set up the conversation, I think. Um, where I am in my own journey, um, and I, I say this as truthfully and honestly as I possibly can, because I think it, me doing so illuminates the value of the conversation that will inevitably have, and also for people listening in. So where I'm at is post relationship, um, serious relationship breakup, um, having just moved to a new town and turning and facing and coming face to face with, myself and all that that entails Um, and kind of noticing almost a a deficit, a a kind of uh, a lack of self-acceptance, a lack of self-love and they're kind of broad terms as it were. Um, But in the last podcast I did with Tom Evans, he said, you don't need to create any goals per se. You just need to look at what life is trying to teach you in the moment and embrace them as learning goals. So, and he said, if, if in doubts, life will knock three times and life is knocking, <laughs> it's, it's whacking down my door. Yeah. Um, and, and so I said to, to, to Tom, who do you know who can kind of, who's the best person he knows that can kind of help me with just approaching this subject it's not as if i've not approached it before it's not as if i have no ideas it's not as if i'm not already working on this stuff but i kind of like to really kind of gloves off right let's talk about the self-love thing it almost feels to me like i've done 13 episodes and not talked about it at all and he suggested mm-hmm. you don wow, <laughs> so i don't know I, if that makes you the aficionado of all time <laughs> i not know
1: that yeah i like that story
0: <laughs> so um I kind of why, I guess as a start of a ten, and this is just for the benefit of people listening in. Why would what kind of what's your experience in this kind of whole field, as it were? What kind of brings you to the table? as
1: well, I've been a uh, <clears throat> I've worked. It's always interesting the words we use for things, but um, I've worked as a family therapist and uh, um, narrative therapist for 30 some odd years now, Um, and uh, a great big part of my journey has been through the heartbreak that you're talking about, my personal journey, Um, and, you know, to be honest, uh, working with uh, probably over 30,000 clients now after all these years. Wow. I passed... 7,000 families, just the families, about seven or eight years ago. So I figured if there's two or three people at least in those families, Mm -hmm. plus couples, plus hundreds and hundreds of individual therapists, I got to be up around 30,000 clients. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of heartbreak sitting with all kinds of extremely difficult situations. I worked in the uh, juvenile prison system in the state of Michigan in the United States for quite a few years, 20 years, and um, sitting with those families and what, what they had gone through. <clears throat> it's really pretty intense um, lives that they, you know, bravely and um, graciously shared with me and mm. um, uh, became like one of the wonderful really wonderful gifts of my life to be able to be in the presence of people who were facing extreme hardships, Mm. racism and poverty and violence and drug addiction and suicide and sexual abuse within the family. And Mm. uh, like literally every year, a few hundred of those people would come through my door and, um, or in the place where I was working and so the intensity of that um, that work coupled with my own personal path has brought me to a place of realizing that self-love and self-acceptance, I don't know, I, I think those are the most important things. I don't think there's anything more important than that.
2: Mm.
1: Self-acceptance probably being the more important of the two.
0: Um, yeah. And what, and what do you, and I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm conscious when I do these kind of podcasts I'm doing them both so I you know just to clarify as I said to you before we jumped on air I'm exactly the same way I did the Tom Evans one I'm kind of almost asking this like directly for my own benefit but I'm also conscious I'm representing probably a lot of other people then be asking questions what do you mean by x y and z so sometimes I'll ask what seems like the stupid question that I might have an idea of the answer on but I'm going to ask it nonetheless so Mm. what do you mean By self acceptance. (laughs) It's like the obvious kind of.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, see, it's going to take a little bit of foundational Mm. talk about that. Great.
2: We've got a while.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So. We all have these stories that we um, think about and tell about ourselves. And in in the narrative therapy approach, it's not saying this is the truth. I'm not (laughs) saying this is gospel or anything like that. It's just an approach. But it's the most powerful approach that I've discovered in my life, Um, for me anyway. So in the narrative therapy approach, the idea is that we live according to the stories that we tell about our lives. Mm. That that's actually how we live.
2: Mm.
1: And they're not like empty things, they're filled with values and uh, convictions and our our dreams and our um, visions for our lives. And the hopes and the failures and our hesitancies and our insecurities and all of it are filled in our stories. And some of the stories that we tell get influenced by multiple layers of culture. Um, for everything from our families to our communities, to our country, to the global situation, <clears throat> and all the way down to our, our individual relationships with people. So there's this giant contribution uh, cycle that's going on that uh, fills our stories. And one of those <clears throat> wonderfully challenging stories is, can I accept myself for who I am? And that question is out there like constantly in our culture. Mm. I think in our global culture, um, I've traveled a bit in my life and I don't think it's just isolated to us, um, self-insulated Americans, which I happen to be one of that. I think Mm. people around the world struggle with the idea of self-acceptance, um, from what I've seen anyway. And, um, when I think of what self-acceptance is, is that there's a sense and I'll we've talked about this before, but I'll separate the word self out and put a capital letter on that. Mm. So capital S self, and it's accepting myself yeah, capital self, as being, knowing that I'm an all right person, I'm an okay person, I have my ups and downs, I struggle with this or that, procrastination, or anxiety, or fear, or uh, self-doubt, I've made mistakes in my life, and I've hurt people, and um, I've done really, really wonderful things, and raised four beautiful children into adulthood, and I've been in... my third marriage now. So two marriages ended in divorce. And another relationship, long-term relationship, stopped after six years. And so mm-hmm. well, I've had a lot of a uh, heartbreak around relationships in, mm-hmm. in many ways. Oh, you take that whole package and think about, okay, there's that story I just told. My just told my life story in like 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> can I, in the midst of this life story, can I feel that sense that in uh in lieu of all of that, or maybe because of all of that, I can just feel okay about who I am.
2: Mm.
1: And personally, I've done a tremendous amount of work on this because it was a big struggle for me, um, this idea of self-acceptance. And I've come to a place in my own life where I feel like I can most of the time, Mm. which is okay with me if I can do it most of the time, 95% of the time and up, feel like yeah I just am who I am that's mm-hmm. who I am I've done this I've done that I am this I am that and it's all okay it's like I can apologize without any restrictions to an apology I can just say sorry yeah I was a jerk my bad <clears throat> you know like I could say that and just okay I'm okay can we can we pass the coffee now please you know like <clears throat> I'm really sorry It's okay to say you're sorry. It's okay to say I don't know. As a man, like to say that, Mm. that dawned on me in my middle forties. I can say I don't know. I thought I always had to have an answer for something. You know, like Mm. I had had to know. You know. Mm. Um, So, and there's there's something,
0: and there's something in what you're saying as well. Like you're, you're not, you're acknowledging in that that you've made mistakes, but you're then not giving yourself the hardest time about the fact you've made the mistake.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made tons of mistakes. I'm still making mistakes every single day. I mean mm. <clears throat> so now when that negative critical voice, which used to dominate my mind a lot, mm. when that thing comes up, now there's two things that I do with it. First thing I do, I learned this from my kids when they were like early teenagers. There was this thing going across the US culture called talk to the hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> talk to- So in my head, I go, yeah, talk to the hand later, you know, to that voice. I say it, Mm -hmm. I actually say it in my head to that voice, talk to the hand, whatever. I say whatever a lot in that kind of weird Valley girl Mm -hmm.
2: sort
1: of of voice, right? Um, And that makes, that turns that negative critical voice into something that I'm kind of mocking or um, I'm doubting it. Cause 'cause Brian, you know, like when you, one of those negative critical statements comes out, It's never something specific. It immediately goes global yeah. about who we are as a person, right? No. <laughs> you never, you always, right? Like immediate globalization, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Could that possibly be true? No, it's impossible for a global statement to be true about a human being, I've discovered in my narrative therapy work. It's impossible. Mm. There's always exceptions, always, always. So, therefore, the global statements are false. Mm. And I, that dawned on me. I, it might sound a little bit logical, <clears throat> but it is logical and it's rational. And it's a bit more of an approach to this rather than uh, allowing that critical voice to grab a hold of my emotional state and to rule that emotional state.
2: No, well, I, I, can, I
1: can dispute it in the logic realm, in the rational realm, mm. and say, no, that can't be true. I do do good things. So mm. screw screw you, critical voice, you know? Then mm. <laughs> it becomes kind of a joke. And now, most of the time, I just laugh
0: at it. <laughs> what a wonderful place to be. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm very definitely not laughing at mine. I, I've only probably, I mean, I've all, always known, I say always, for, for a long time. I say that's a global statement. Um, for a long time, I've known the idea of having a saboteur or inner critic or ego or whatever label we give it. Um, but it's only in the last, say, six months, even three months, I've actually decided to kind of go, hang on, how much is this prevalent? And the more I look at it, the more I realize it's completely and utterly dominant. And the, the people that know me, the people that don't know me well, kind of probably wouldn't realize it particularly, but the people that know me well, if they'll ask me how I'm doing or whatever, I just like, wow, you talk to yourself severely. I, my, my My inner critic is savage. Yeah. And I hadn't realized how hideous it, it was until the only time I really notice it is when somebody else might, and it doesn't happen very often, but someone else might say something that feels super critical. And it suddenly feels like, very much like my own inner critic voice. And then I become aware of it and kind of go, no, that's because when, when someone else is saying, I'm like, no, I'm not willing to accept that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But for some reason, I'm completely willing to accept it when it's my own voice, probably because I'm not even realizing it is my own voice. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's not my own voice, but realizing that it is the voice that's running, the loop that's running in my head.
1: Yeah, I can punch my brother, but if you punch my brother, I'm punching you out. Right? <laughs> like, like you can't criticize me, right? Like, yeah, it's really great. I like how you said that. <clears throat> you know, and what we're what we're up against here, I think, on one level anyway, is this um, very large um, global cultural problem of isolation, mm. and. Um, where people not not only are individualized, like in America, where in the U.S. where we kind of stand on this idea of being individuals, and like that's that's what's most important in our American values, you know, the John Wayne cowboy guy or the Elon Musk who gets to run <clears throat> ships up to Mars and mm. puts a, puts a convertible into space, you know, <laughs> like like this individual world view. <clears throat> but the problem with that individual worldview is that it negates connection Mm. as being really important and it leads on the far end of the spectrum towards uh, severe isolation that eventually leads to um, suicide Mm. in my my mind Mm
2: -hmm. when i
1: as i've watched people struggle with this issue and one of the greatest tools that the pattern of suicide uses is to self-criticize yeah because that isolates us so tremendously. And we think we're worse than other people. Mm-hmm. Like, somehow we're not as good as other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And therefore, we can't even like talk or share anything about ourselves or let somebody in to, to know who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> does that isolation becomes so extreme. If, you, if, it, if it's allowed to run amok, it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it leads yeah. to a real problematic state of mind, I think.
0: Absolutely. And I can speak from firsthand of, of having gotten, I've had many, uh, and it's probably for some people will be shocking, but it shouldn't be considering I've shared as much on my podcast before. Um, I've gotten to that point several times where I've thought I can't cope. I need to opt out. I mean, that's effectively what started this whole, we won't know wondering journey in the first place a couple of years ago. Um, and in fact, if even now, um, probably the one thing that fills me with most embarrassment and shame rightly or wrongly is the fact that I've got this thing called we won't go wandering and I've led people on this merry dance and I find myself I feel I'm not saying it is what's happened I feel as if I face planted straight into the pavement (laughs) post-relationship and feeling kind of lost about all of this and I'm kind of going well who my inner critic saying who are you to lead this thing who are you to <clears throat> you know yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's it I'm not saying I'm in that suicidal place now, but I'm it, it 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 the inner critic is it is is strong in me at this moment in time. Um Yeah. yeah. Well, it, just, it just so you said there were two things that stopped you, you you had one of them, you said um talk to the hand. What's the other one? You didn't you La- didn't laughing at it. Laughing at it.
2: Okay,
1: yeah. and the laughing at it came out of that um i know this isn't taught anymore in school anywhere that i know of maybe some of the maybe at cambridge or something now but yeah but there was this thing called symbolic logic that was taught back when i was in college
2: right
1: they actually taught logic like <clears throat> the structures of logic <clears throat> and um I had this wonderful professor who wore a beret and rode his bicycle to school, you know, to, to come into work, John Gill. <clears throat> and one of the things that he would point out when people would talk about themselves is the, their faulty logic, you know, and say, so, well, like if you took what you just said and dissected that, sir, it would, you know, couldn't stand up. <clears throat> um, so that's the part for me where I, I started looking at these global statements and just said, wait a minute, that mm. word always means always. doesn't mean, well, always, but kind of sometimes. That's not what that critical voice is saying. It's saying always. And I for sure know I'm not always a jerk. I'm not always a negative person. I for sure know that. Like, I know that. So uh, that just kind of like took that whole thing and just spun it around and turned it upside down on its head. And I realized that, maybe sometimes there's a kernel of truth in the middle of those negative critical statements. Maybe sometimes, but I'm not going to get to that kernel if I don't slow that whole thing down and uh, kind of defang it as you said you know you yeah. said it was savage like i, I was th- when you said savage i thought about like uh having fangs In
0: yeah uh,
2: it
1: sunk itself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, completely uh, we, have,
1: we have mountain lions here and i thought oh man it's like one of our mountain lions yeah <clears throat> cougars um but, but only if i do that am i going to be able to get to any kind of kernel that might be in the middle of that mm. So when you said you felt like you face planted with this relationship ending and feeling lost, and I mean, Mm. what I want to say to you is congratulations. That is just one of the bravest things ever on the planet to step out of a relationship, to face, feel like you're face plant, to admit that you're lost Mm. and to run a podcast. Oh my God, (laughs) it's so brave and (laughs) and beautiful because the gift that you're giving to people Mm. by doing that Mm. the gift of simply being a human being and being open about that mm. instead of trying to be this kind of false front facsimile of a human being
0: yeah it's
1: really lovely ryan what you're doing it's really awesome thank you thank you yeah
0: and i i guess there's that part of me that knows that i can't do the alternative i i i, I would struggle to Put on the facade, I, and I would, I struggle full stop to put on the facade. Mm. Uh, I've now gotten to the point where the facade just, I can't do it. So, what I am doing in the absence of putting the facade on uh, is distracting myself left, right, and centre. I mean, I'm glad that we've got this in the diary, and I've got another conversation later in the week. It just happens to be I've got two conversations in a week, podcast conversation in the week. Uh, if the other person um, upholds their um agreement um but yeah okay so I've got this in the diary but in in the absence of doing this or regarding you know me being online or not I'm the rest of my existence I'm I'm squirming right now I'm 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 very aware I'm speaking to a narrative therapist <laughs> <laughs> uh and <laughs> um yeah I'm 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 ducking and diving and weaving and trying to do everything but being with how I'm feeling and finding that and finding that as as difficult to duck and dive as I am to be with it Um, and kind of going wow what do I do where where do I go how do I do this yeah yeah are you busy all day long like doing
1: things working no 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 you're an independently self-sustaining financial person
0: yeah, I've got some, again, this is just no harm in being completely honest with people. Um, my main income source is property. Um, my second income source is coaching, but the coaching is not self-sustaining at this moment in time. Um, and the third income is I did a little bit of gardening two days a week, um, yeah. which actually initiated the beginning part of lockdown last year. And it was perfect because everyone was stuck inside. And they said, Well, you can go to work if you've got the kind of job that needs you to go to work. Well, a gardener de- very definitely needs to go to work because they're doing other people's gardens.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it got me out and got me physical and so on and so forth. And I've just carried on doing it. And it's not its not a first love by any stretch, but it gets me out. I really enjoy the guy I work with, um, I enjoy his company. Um, it's a little bit of pocket money. As I said, it's not, it's the third most income in my line of things you know in an ideal world i don't know i I couldn't even sit here and tell you what it is i'd like to be doing with my life or what i like because i i just feel so if you that question what do you want to do with yourself it's like being in that state of overwhelm um inhibits your sense of direction so i feel i feel lost because i i'm I, de- I'm, I feel disconnected from my intuition most of the time at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's hard to say. That's yeah, hard yeah. to admit, not just to you, but I know this conversation being recorded and there's a part of me going, what are you sharing with the general public, Ryan? Um, yeah. The fact that I'm managing to keep this together and smile at you when internally...
2: Yeah.
1: this it's just it, is easy to cry, yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. yeah well if you think about the themes that you just said in your in your story from a narrative perspective right
0: and that's one of the reasons why i've just shared what i've just shared because i'm thinking well you're a narrative therapist so you're about to there's no point in talking around something it's like well there you go what have i just said (laughs) read it back to me (laughs) yeah um
1: You know, there's so much sadness when we break up with somebody that we care about, right? Mm -hmm. When a relationship comes to an end and that sadness feels um, uh, really uh, derailing, like the train of my life suddenly just went off the track, you know, and what the hell am I going to do now? You know, like that kind of feeling, right? And that's that feeling quality to me is, um, after having been through that a number of times in a big way, um, I, th- I think one of the physical feelings of divorce is that your intestines are actually being ripped out of your body. Like that's It feels that intense to me mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and that there's like this giant weight on your heart. So here goes the intestines. Here comes this weight on my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Like this really horrible thing that's going on and so many of my clients who have gone through it say the same kind of thing like Mm. this feels like like half of my person is being torn apart Mm. especially the people who don't want to have that happen right Mm. um but one of the things that you landed on was uh what am i supposed to do with the rest of my life and you know I would just propose that for you know anybody listening who's going through a similar kind of thing or ha- has struggled with it, that that's just really an inappropriate question to ask yourself. Like, no, no, no. With your you know intestines hanging out and feeling totally lost and it's not appropriate to think what you're gonna do with the rest of your life. It's appropriate to think, what am I gonna do with this morning or what am yeah. I gonna do with this afternoon, <laughs> right? <clears throat> How am I going to go to bed peacefully tonight? Yeah. But the rest of your life question to me is a, is another one of those setups mm. that the self yeah. has to wrestle with and free itself from. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost on the stage of ridiculousness to think that somehow you're supposed to know that now. Yeah. Like why would you have that expectation that you know what you're going to do for the rest of your life as you're going through a breakup from a relationship? It's like, yeah. no, no, no. <clears throat> Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, like yeah. bedtime that's enough yeah. for anybody when who's going through that. Yeah. <clears throat> when I went through my second divorce, I said, shit, man, like I have caused this, <clears throat> excuse me, causes two times in my life. Now I can't blame her anymore. Mm. Her meaning the two people that I had been married to. Mm-hmm. Because now it's happened twice. <clears throat> I've had two kids with each person. Both kids are at the exact same age. <clears throat> the marriage was at the exact same part 10 years. Wow. When they fell apart. I said, okay, come on. This is exactly what you would say, Don, to anybody who came into your office and said that. I said, this is starting to look like a pattern. Have you <laughs> looked, at, have you looked at what you're doing here? You know?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> uh, like, duh. And um, so I spent six years mm. working at that, not mm. being in a relationship, mm. going, going to bed alone, mm. <clears throat> um, taking my kids to school and being involved in school stuff and doing my work, <clears throat> but not like out loud saying, I'm not in any place to be heading towards marriage and relationship. Mm. I met somebody and we wanted to spend time together that was fine. I would say, yeah, that's great. I, I like you. And we mm-hmm. seem like we have a nice time. <clears throat> but I just want you to know I'm not like a commitment phobic guy or anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I can feel like in my body, my body is telling me that if the M word comes up, you know, like going to head towards that, you are not ready, ready for that. Don. You haven't done enough of your own personal work yet. <clears throat> and some of the women would look at me and they go, okay, well, whatever. Thanks for the dinner. Um, mm. But other people would engage. And like the longest connection lasted three or four months or something during that six years. And, mm. um, but it was lonely. Mm. It was really lonely. Mm. And I would stand there beside my bed and I would say... Uh, <laughs> This almost makes me cry, because it was tough. Um, I would say it's only one night.
2: Mm.
1: I can make it to the morning.
2: Mm.
1: Climb in and cover up. and Mm. I played this... uh... (laughs) Sarah... um... Oh, it's a musician, a beautiful singer, Sarah... Sarah McLachlan I play the Sarah McLachlan CD over and over and over every like every night fall asleep to it Mm. So these kind of tragic sad songs you know Mm. Um, until I got tired of it Mm. and until I got tired of saying that and it just kind of lost its oomph you know the story itself kind of got Mm. uh, um, played out and And the loneliness became something that, uh, for me, I, I would say, became uh, simply kind of being alone, mm. it kind of shifted into that, and mm. it, it became okay. Mm. Like, I didn't, it took a couple years, mm. probably three, three years of those six years to start mm. to feel like it was okay just to be alone. Mm. I come from a family of 10 kids, good Irish Catholic stock. <clears throat> and uh, I was right in the middle of that. So I was like used to my, to my whole life being around all kinds of activity. Mm. And to think of myself in my house by myself. So yep. it like, almost made me like a lunatic, you know?
0: Yep. Um, that, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Lunatic my- is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, when you were saying that, when you were saying what loneliness felt like, I, I started welling up. Because yeah. that feeling is visceral. Yeah, for sure it is. And I, and I know that that I you know I know uh, for the person I was just in relationship with, the, she had the. I mean, we both bring stuff to the to the table, but I know that that I'm the common denominator. Exactly, you just said about your relationships. Mm. I'm the common denominator, and they tend to work out a similar way. Mm. And I know that at the heart of it, there there's very definitely a kind of me needing to be, it's a cliche, but me needing to be happy with me.
2: Um,
0: yeah. And, and it, the irony in, in all of this is We Won't Know Wondering came about because I was in a very dark place. And I realized that I needed to let go of needing to figure it all out and just allow myself to just do what felt in the moment like the right thing to do. So give up trying to work, give up trying to work. And I, that wasn't like an epiphany, like it just all slotted into place. It didn't. It was a, It was a painful... Kind of, you know, and in, but in doing that, I then met Tracy in a kind of, well, take my exam, or not at all kind of headspace. Went and went to Camino in that headspace, and so on and so forth. And I kind of, I did drop into that place of just in allowing myself to. It's a grand way of putting it, but to not die wondering in the moment about doing what I felt like I wanted to do in the moment, which yeah. when I was walking Camino would be jumping in the river or eating some food or stopping or walking or not walking or whatever it may be. Mm. And I got into a really nice rhythm doing Camino especially, but I always knew I needed to come home. Um, I don't regret that I came home and had the relationship, but there was always that part of me that still very much in a place of searching for me. So I came home. Had I not met Tracy, I I think I would have just gone traveling. And not to say that traveling would have found me the answer either, Mm. but I kind of came home from Camino saying, okay, going on Camino is the easy part, coming home and learning to live with myself is the real challenge, but I was doing it in relationship. And I, you know, I tried to find me in relationship, but yeah, the, the two happening at the same time, yeah. you know, I, that's what I very definitely brought to the table. I mean, quite aside from whatever Tracy, and this isn't about her at all, this is about me. And it's like, you know what? I didn't fail her because I brought the best of me to the relationship, but also brought all of me to the relationship. Mm, and there's yeah. when there's a lack of that self acceptance, it, it's, it's like there's three of you in the relationship: hmm. there's me, there's the unaccepted me, and then there's the, the partner I'm in relationship with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so
0: yeah, and so the relationship. I'm not. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of why it didn't work, but it it is now no longer a, a part of my life. Um, the relationship, I mean. Um, and so I'm left with me and it, it, it's sobering. It's, it's like, and I can see and feel the one thing, you know. I, I don't know what I wanna do the rest of my life as meaning I, I know what you've just said, but what I'm meaning is like, if someone said, what, do you, what is my number one thing I don't wanna die wondering about? There's only one thing and that's accepting myself. Mm-hmm. And almost trusting that everything else will roll on from that point onwards. But maybe that's the wrong way around. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm in this place going, huh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm almost like an investigative journalist doing mm-hmm. this podcast because I'm doing it for me, but I know that I speak for lots of other people too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, have,
1: I, you know, I trust you more that you say that. Hmm. Look, I say what? That you say you're doing it for you hmm. <clears throat> and you know other people are going to benefit. Like if yeah. you said, I'm doing this as this... Uh, uh, generous thing that I'm doing for the world, I would say, uh, I'd reach in my pocket and grab a hold of my wallet to make sure I didn't spend any money that you were then going to ask me for, right? Like, or something. <laughs> <clears throat> because I wouldn't trust you. Yeah. But when you say that, that makes me trust you a lot. And yeah. Because, yeah, I'm in this therapy work <clears throat> because it helps me a lot. Mm. And those 30,000 or so. Clients have been like a huge gift to me in my life. And Mm. um, I can't tell you how many days I'll be struggling with something, Mm. thinking about something or working on something. And, you know, I see five, six, seven clients a day sometimes. Yeah. And so many times, literally hundreds of times, I'll be thinking about this thing in the morning. First client talks about the same thing. Second client talks (laughs) about the same same thing like what tom evans said you know it's gonna knock three times well okay like i get it all right it's a big thing i should i should focus on it thank you so much yeah um but yeah and to me part of what i wanted to say while you were saying the uh, part about how you started i won't die wondering like where it comes from within yourself is that um there's some real um there's some real power in thinking about the idea of, I won't die wondering because in this moment, I'm following my heart, I'm doing what feels best. I'm, I'm taking care of myself at an extreme level.
2: Mm.
1: Not my whole life is going to be this wonderful adventure, mm. but in this moment, in, this, in the eternity of this moment right now, mm. I'm accepting who I am. I'm I'm accepting how I want to live my life. I'm I'm holding myself in esteem and affection
2: Mm.
1: in this moment. Mm. Like the eternity of that moment. Mm. And then I Won't Die Wondering is about now. It's not about the next 60 years or something.
0: Mm. Which is you turning the mirror back on me and saying, well, you've got some of, you've got a lot of your own wisdom already, Ryan. It's right there. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and and yet, okay. So I, I agree with that. I know that. Uh, and yet, as I said, I find it very hard to be with myself. I'm, I find it very hard to, i mean there's that question i can ask myself i mean do, what don't i want to die wondering about is a, is a strong way of putting it but it's like okay so what do i feel like doing in this moment which is a kind of it's a more palatable normalized way of putting it. what would i like to do in this moment um and a lot of the time i can't even ask myself that question because i feel so paralyzed with what's going on for me it's it, if it were that easy i would be doing it um and i I guess i get overwhelmed with well the inner critic strong that's that's a big one yeah yeah that's a big one and you you also you also pointed something when you were giving me feedback on my narrative about the relationship breakup you mentioned the word expectation which is probably a big one it's like what am i how am i expecting myself to feel right now what am i expecting myself? i mean Yes. Yes, I am. Am I expecting myself to be doing better? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely am.
1: Yeah. And is that okay in the midst of, uh, you know, the, the transition back into a life where um, you're a single person, mm. you're not in a relationship anymore? Is it okay to have uh, the desire, mm. the wish, the wanting? to um feel good and feel satisfied and feel happy and have good days is that okay of course it's okay is it okay for the negative critical voice to beat the crap out of you for not feeling like that no that's not okay as far as i'm concerned because that that is not a very high level of self-acceptance and we want those desires about a life that's fulfilling and has meaning, that feels good, <clears throat> we want that to be able to come into fruition. Mm. This, the negative critical voice <clears throat> right now will attack you for this, right? Yep. for this period. <clears throat> When you're halfway through this transition period, it'll attack you for where you are then. When you're on the other side of this transitional period and you're starting to like, well, maybe I'll be in relationship again or whatever, it'll attack you for that. If you made a million dollars in your real estate or something, right? Or your podcast takes off and you become a famous global podcaster. I I don't know, I have no idea. Maybe you are a famous global (laughs) podcaster.
0: I don't but maybe mean, once, in, yeah. maybe one time in the future, in like three years time, when someone else is listening to this, yeah, it's like the back catalog. Maybe I will be. I mean, you <laughs> never know when someone's actually going to listen to this. It might like, not be immediately. Yeah, and that negative
1: critical voice will attack you then.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It, does, it doesn't matter. Like it just—it's insatiable. It's going to attack anyway. Yeah, it's got an appetite that can't be filled. Right, yeah. it's just impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> so to me. I would propose the thought of dumping the negative critical voice
0: rather than
2: thinking
1: okay. somehow you have to resolve something.
0: But, resolve but, but how, how does one, I mean, how do I do that? How does anyone do it? I mean, it's, it, it, it doesn't strike me as it, it isn't as easy. It doesn't strike me as easy. That makes it sound as if I've never tried to. It yeah. isn't as easy as just dumping it.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, we could do a little experiment if you really want to, be, want to be brave.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> we're okay. here. <laughs> yeah, we're here. So uh, I got a feeling I'm not going to be laughing in a minute. I'm going to be crying. Okay. Uh,
1: um, what does a negative critical voice say that is so bad about you?
0: <sighs> wow what it tends to say as much about me or okay the inner the inner critic is saying initially it's often time focused what are you going to do with your day what are you going to do you're useless um you can't what's the what's the point what's the point in doing anything uh there's no fucking look, look at the state of you um Yeah, you haven't really amounted to anything in your life. You've started lots of things. You've not followed them through. Uh, You call yourself a coach. And yet if you weren't, if it wasn't for property, you wouldn't be able to sustain. You're not really a coach. You're not really doing this properly. Um, Who are you to coach other people when uh, you're struggling and crumbling inside yourself? Uh, What, uh, I need to stop there. That's, that's yeah. my brain just gone blank. That's that's the, that's the sum of them for right now.
1: Yeah, that's pretty vicious. That's a good vicious package.
0: And that's and that's avoiding all of the swear words that kind of come with it. Oh, sure, sure. Well, you did use the F word. I heard that. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay so uh, let's just take that just for a second right that whole vicious package and mm-hmm. set it over here for just a minute and let's just we don't have to look at the individual things that's not all that necessary but if we look at it right <clears throat> are those statements it made about you that you're useless that uh, you've never accomplished anything that Blah blah blah, all that stuff. The whole thing is it globally one hundred percent true of you as a human being? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Somewhat (laughs) tentatively, he says.
0: That's meaning what I'm supposing is if I want to try and uphold the argument of the inner critic, like we're in a court of law. Yeah, I could, have a, I could reckon I could make a pretty good fist of it, but then it's when you, I suppose what you're pointing to is if you start breaking that down, yeah, like to, to what what do you and it's almost like the question back is what do you define as success? Almost, you know, kind of like have I, have,
1: yeah, what's a good life?
0: Yeah. What- one way to think
1: about it is what's a good life yeah mm. not, not the only way it's just one way mm. <clears throat> all right so you said no but you said it somewhat tentatively so let me ask you again
2: mm.
1: is are those statements in that vicious package 100 percent globally true about you and your life
0: i'm not trying to think what i said
1: um you're useless you've never accomplished anything <clears throat> Who are you to be doing a podcast? Who am I to be coaching anyone? Coaching anyone? You can't get your own stuff together. How could you coach somebody else? Blah, blah, blah. The whole
0: the whole thing. <clears throat> it's very hard to sit here and say, no, they're not true. Okay. And no, they're not true.
1: Yeah. But I'm not asking whether you know they're true or not. That's
0: no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, sorry, the word no, I mean, <laughs> drop the K and the W. No, <laughs> right. they're not true. So no, they're not true. No, they're not true. Yeah. Universally. No, they're not yeah, true. Yeah, Universally. That's the word universally.
1: Okay. So they're not true. No. <clears throat> so why would you listen to somebody who's just sitting there lying to you all the time?
0: because more often than not i don't realize he's talking
1: yeah so my guess is this about you mm. you you and i don't know each other so well but just as i know you i would guess that anything that's negative about
0: you isn't true is bollocks anything english that's an english way of putting it it's bollocks but- yes <laughs> can you say uh, it bollocks bollocks <laughs> is that right yeah getting an american to say bollocks in an english accent is hilarious yeah bollocks, bollocks. i heard that word
1: first from that little girl on v for vendetta <clears throat> when uh, they said they shot the terrorists we shot the terrorist <clears throat> and she goes she's looking at tv with her family and she stands up and goes bollocks and i said oh what a great word i've never heard that word before so. <laughs> Yeah, and um,
0: you know what they are, right? What's that? You know what bollocks are, right? No, I have no idea. Testicles. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad we got t- slight detour. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's
1: good. <clears throat> so, so I would just think I would propose that mm. that if there's anything negative about you at all, mm. <clears throat> first of all, it's not true. Very first, universally untrue. Mm. Secondly, that's the tip-off. If it's negative about you, mm. it's the negative critical voice. That's that's the tip. Yeah. Because the negative critical voice isn't going to sit there and praise you.
0: No.
1: Unless it's trying to trick you into the next thing it's going to say. So sometimes it mine used to do that. <laughs> like, mm. oh yeah, nice job. <clears throat> Too bad you didn't consider blah 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 or whatever, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, nice job, but pull the rug out, you know? Mm. So there, there's a clue to be looking at maybe, and maybe listeners can relate to this who Mm. who were tuning in that if it's negative about you, it's trying to convince you that, that negativity, that negative statement is universal. Mm. And no, that can't be true. Mm. There are always exceptions like always. Mm. So that's the tip off that it's a negative critical voice and it's a bald faced liar Mm. and there's no reason to listen to it Mm. at at all Mm. no reason so that's where we start you start with that stand Mm. and and then if you can get yourself to that stand i think this is what happened for me this is how Mm. i kind of help my clients get through this
2: Mm.
1: you can start with that stand that it's Totally lying, like every single time, it's lying to you about yourself, every time. Mm. So anything that's negative is a lie. Mm. So don't don't listen to it as something serious. Mm. And we can train ourselves to start to watch for that negativity.
2: Mm.
1: And, th- and this takes practice. I mean, you yeah. have to practice at it because the thing is pretty damn skillful. Yep, like, like, making its way.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: But you put up the drawbridge, you pull the drawbridge up, you put up the moat, you, you know, whatever you need to do <clears throat> to keep it out and instead to say, no, you know, yeah, that might not have been such the best thing for me to do, but I've also done some pretty good things. So, asala mm. asa la vista, baby, you know, and just send it on its way. Mm. <clears throat> and that take that's the practice to me. That's the mindfulness
2: mm.
1: of self-acceptance is to continually say, Thank you, but no thank you. And send it on its way. And so you may have to do it a thousand times a day. Okay, so you do it a thousand times a day. So what? <clears throat> Within, you know, three weeks, you're going to feel different. Yeah. Literally, three weeks.
0: Yeah. That's powerful. You're almost then in... Because in, 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 what you've not said in any of that is... In the meantime start thinking about this or do it you you're just saying go about whatever you be doing for the next three weeks and just focus on doing that yeah. you're gonna get on with your day you're gonna do your odds and swords your podcast your bit of coaching here and there bit of gardening whatever don't try and think about doing anything wildly different just focus on doing that for the time being and then see where you're at
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah and the two things that I would suggest in terms of actions would be to get. I don't know if you garden with your, with gloves on. Do you garden with gloves on? I do. Yeah. You know, so take those off and put your hands down into the dirt. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, well, part
0: of the reason, part of the reason I'm doing it with gloves are more often than is Cause it's landscape gardening. So I'm, I'm yeah. shifting a lot of stuff a lot of the time, but when it's actually, I mean, for the next cut, I'm doing it tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, I believe the work that we're doing is much more garden based rather than, landscape based so yeah i hear your point yeah. so number one is, is is get more connected to the earth literally literally yeah
1: but i was going through the the second divorce i had my own house and i had this uh acre and a quarter of land which i don't know how many hectares that is but mm. um and in the back of it it opened up onto this thing that here in new mexico is called a green belt which is a space between rows of houses that
0: you can't grow it can't build on yeah
1: yeah it's 150 meters across or something and it stretched all the way out to these mountains so i could stand in the back of my property at the beginning of that green belt and look all the way 15 20 miles away to the james mountains okay beautiful beautiful view and i set up a um, circle of stones right there and i would step into that circle of stones um and stand there, I'd kind of bend my knees a little bit, come down a little bit into yeah. my into that first stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you bend your knees, you come to that first stop. Yeah. <clears throat> and then just kind of find my place standing like that. Mm. And then I would just feel, um, this might be just a little bit too spiritually woo-woo for people, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm with you, go on. <laughs> I would feel and visualize a beam of... Um, light going down my spine down into the earth Mm. until I felt it like felt myself like connected Mm. almost like with muscles to the earth Mm. and then I would visualize that beam going back up my spine up through the top of my head up into the sky
2: Mm.
1: so I was totally connected with the earth and the sky and I was the conduit Mm. for for that connection
2: Mm.
1: and Inevitably, I would do that, (laughs) and this happened, I was there for 12 years in that house, this happened so many times, it'd be totally calm, no no wind, okay, and this is in the Southwest of Mm the United States, you know, where the sun is bright and it's warm most of the time, And, and I would make that connection, I would visualize it, I'd hold it, I'd feel that groundedness, and then the wind would come and just kind of caress my face. Wow. And I would just sit there with that, you know, and just feel that. I can feel it right right this moment as I tell this story. Mm. And it, it was so affirming mm. that I didn't have to be anybody. I didn't have to do anything. Mm don't have to prove myself. It's okay to be sad. Mm. It's okay to feel lonely. I'm not alone, I'm connected. My mm. whole field, like the physicists talk about the field, was, felt like it was present, you know? Mm. The sense of the, of the numinous in that moment, that sense of the numinous, like just so engaging. And I was running my, uh, my spiritual coaching practice then. Mm. And if I ever needed a client, like if somebody stopped working, I'd walk out to that circle. I would do that and I would just open up and I would just say, I could use a client or two, just had somebody stop. And I would just hold that thought for a minute. <clears throat> I'd let it go through me, walk back in the house. The shortest time, it took to get a client after doing that was four hours, and the longest time was five days. Mm. I had a constant flow of clients, and that was my whole marketing strategy was Let's going go out, out, out to the field rocks, right? <laughs> that was it. That's all I did for like a year and a half for my marketing. I would just go out there, wow, boom! And I kept a constant flow of clients with that kind of sense of connection. That's wow, constant.
0: and your sense of connect, you're, you were connecting to. The land, you were connecting to the sky. The sky, the yeah. And there's something about the visualization. So, I was, I was meaning, I am very definitely going to go and try this exercise. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. So, yeah. I, I would go into Siren sister Park. I've moved to this town called Sirencester. I'd move to the Siren sister Park, take my shoes off by the sounds of it, go somewhere where I feel like, because it's, it's a big enough park, I could get myself lost in it away from human beings quite easily. Yeah. It's massive. Um, someone said to me something like a thousand acres or something is 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 big, um, so I could go and get myself lost and take my shoes off, stand, feet very firmly connected to the ground, bend my knees slightly, so almost kind of like sort of I'm not kneeling, am I? I'm standing, but when my knees I've kind of got a I a, I'm sort of no one can see me do you can see me doing this bank a bouncing kind of a suppleness right a flexibility in my in my knees
1: till you you find that just right spot you're not going you're not squatting no a little bit of springiness that's That's right
0: Yeah. yeah and then visualize light coming through my crown down my back through my feet into the ground through your spine through my spine okay through my spine down through my legs, through my hips, down through my legs, through through my feet into the ground. Yeah. Feel, then... feel
1: your feet. Look, have your feet be parallel. Yeah. <clears throat> so what we're going for here in Tai Chi is called Wuji standing. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So your feet are parallel. Your knees are bent just a little bit so that you can feel yourself being a spring, kind of loaded to jump, but not jumping. Yeah. <clears throat> and down into your feet like actually Mm -hmm. the bottoms of your feet squeeze the ground with your toes you know and then Mm -hmm. relax it and just feel your feet on the ground that's Mm. that's a key thing with this this kind of energy work is to feel Mm. that connection
0: and then once i've got that connection and that 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 any i imagine that life gone down through my feet obviously through my head spine hips through legs down through my feet and then imagining the light going back up again
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, <clears throat> up into the sky. Up into the sky. Way up into the sky. Way up in the sky. Way down in the earth. Way up in the sky. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Okay. So that was one of the things you did.
1: Yeah.
0: Is there any other things you did? Yes. Go on.
1: <clears throat> the second thing. Yeah. Is to do
0: nothing. Okay. Go on. Expand. Go. So- <laughs>
1: Literally, Mm -hmm. literally, I rented a cottage for a weekend. The first time I tried this
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and I went out and I took a chair and I set it out in the grass overlooking this pond and I sat there and anytime I had any kind of feeling come up like, uh, God, I got to be productive. I better do something. Oh, yeah, I'm worthless. Uh, any of those kind of thoughts, right? I just would sit there and I would just breathe and breathe and breathe and relax and relax and relax until that feeling passed Mm. and just stay there. And I literally stayed in that chair for eight hours a day doing nothing. Wow.
0: So not trying to read. Not trying, I mean, this is probably a few years ago, so probably before mobiles, but not no mobile phone, no reading, no distractions. It's, uh, I have come across the practice before of just sitting. And somebody, somebody used to be this um, joke that uh, this Buddhist guy I knew would put in his diary on a Tuesday afternoon, do nothing. And someone says, Hey, to him, what are you doing on Tuesday? <clears throat> Wait, so what do you want to do? No, 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 no. I've actually got in my diary, do nothing. That's what you're talking
1: about. Yeah. Just sitting. That's, so, that's a Soto Zen practice. Yeah. Just sitting. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know about it then, but I, I just did it. And so one of the things I, I would do on that property, yeah, looking at the green belt and over at the mountain was to just sit. I took a chair, a little like wooden collapsing chair, put yeah. it out there. I would put that in the middle of that stone circle and mm-hmm. I would just sit. <clears throat> and I, I did that hundreds of days for those years. Mm-hmm just sitting
0: Mm. because it's so easy for me to sit here now and say yeah but I need to get on and do this I need to get on but it's like I'm doing it from this place of scarcity feeling feeling scared fear frustration it's the inner critic driving me and you're inviting me to do the opposite yeah and there's something there's something intuitive in me which is ironic seeing as i'm saying i can't with something you'd be going i've done the alternative i haven't done the just sitting
1: yeah,
0: yeah. i've done the getting busy i've done the freaking myself out, i've done the slave driving myself and it just exhausts me
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i haven't done what you're advocating
1: it's like it's like a hamster wheel and you're yeah. spinning i don't know what they call those in the uk but we call yeah, them hamster the wheel yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and somehow we think that's going to help us to feel happy to be spinning around inside of a hamster wheel right yeah. like yeah. yeah this is this is the right path i'm sure it must be right <clears throat> no no you are the right path mm. your self is the right path mm. that's the thing to get in touch with that's the thing to sit with and get comfortable with mm. is that sense of the capital s self that i'm <clears throat> enough mm like i am enough i don't need to do a damn thing mm. in order to prove that i'm enough
0: mm. no i don't mm. and you're not doing yeah. any affirmations in this though i mean you're you're I'm saying sitting. that but you're not you're not actually you're you proving to yourself you're enough by be, by just being enough by yeah. just being just sitting yeah
1: or just walking, or just lying down, or I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> just playing basketball for six hours a day. I, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> who cares? doesn't matter what the vehicle is. Just yeah. <clears throat> do it without the pressure of the hamster wheel, thinking yes. that the hamster wheel is going to make you feel fulfilled. Yes. Like that's just so insane. And that's part of the insanity of these global cultural. To me, these global cultural pressures Mm. that filter their way down because we have these iconic images of what success, like you said, looks like.
2: Mm.
1: And in order to reach that success, I got to do this, 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 and this. And I better damn well get on it fast because time's a waste and there's only so much time, you know, like all that kind of pressure, right? Mm. Well, it might be a way to live, but it feels like a way to die to me. And-
0: while well, exactly. I, that, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I, you know, my thing is we won't die wandering and I'm sort of, you know, both exploring it for my own sake and others, but it's like, I, I, I can prove <laughs> the, 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 the alternative. I'm very yeah. definitely left dying wandering. And it's yeah. like I could do this, I could do that. It's like it's just, but it's but, 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 in my head. It's it's yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a sign of it's a kind of madness. Yeah. And and you're and you're saying, okay, then try the alternative.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm just conscious of time. You and I could talk for hours, as we did last time around, and now we're doing it again. So now, and there's something in our energy, and the energy that you bring, the presence you bring, that just means I just want to sit here and talk. Yeah. And I'm conscious that people wouldn't necessarily listen for too much longer than an hour. So I'm going to press, I'm going to stop recording in a minute. doesn't mean you and I need to disappear. So don't disappear straight away. Um, but if the, if, I, if we were to kind of like tie this up, so I'll feed back to you kind of some of the things I'm taking away, because this has been illuminating for me, sure. but then I, what I'd love to do is to hear from you kind of by return, A, if there's anything you feel like I'm, Maybe missing or something that you know one other thing ryan is this and also it it, almost like like kind of like a tying the bow if you wanted someone not just me but anybody to walk away with something what would it be so those are the things i'd put back to you so for me what i'm hearing for myself i'm not saying this is all that you said but kind of what i'm taking away from me is almost because it just comes down to the exercises that you've pointed out to me so a the one about the inner critic um and really understanding that uh it, it only speaks in universal truths and that therefore it must be talking bollocks that's yes, right <laughs> that expression um and therefore if it's talking bollocks about one thing it's talking about bollocks about everything and therefore why am i choosing to listen to that and to therefore counter it by just clocking, A, what it's saying, and then if it's a universal truth, just countering it with something that's not completely gone the other way and trying to completely hoodwink it. But if it's saying, I'm absolutely shit at something, it's like, well, that's not strictly true. And kind of like, count. so just being in that mindful place is one thing I'm taking away. Yeah.
1: Um, just real quick, though, not, not just, you, you said if it's a unit if it's trying to propose it as a universal truth is kind yeah. of what you said. Yeah. <clears throat> but i'm proposing something a little more fine tuned than that yeah but if it's negative
0: yeah it's a it's, lie it's a lie got it yeah
1: cuz you are clearly a nice guy you're a good man obviously yeah, yeah. so how can all that negativity be true yeah
0: so it's not even trying to find the universal truth, it's saying if it is negative, it is false. Full stop.
1: Full we'll stop.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. And 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 makes a lot more sense. And then I'm obviously and the other ones I'm taking away for me, I'm going to go definitely go and stand in a field and just feel my feet on the ground and imagine that stuff coming through me. And the yeah. just sitting part. I mean, I'm imagining me just sitting, I'm going to find that very, very uncomfortable to do. Mm-hmm but you're saying, great, do it, do it. go there, just breathe, just be with it, just go through it.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And the, the discomfort, I mean, you have to realize that we're, we're a whole unit. Mm. <clears throat> There's no such thing as mind, body, spirit, or yeah. thoughts, emotions, body. There's no such thing as that. We just use those as way, just ways to talk about it. Yeah. We're a totally integrated unit. Yeah, everything is everything inside our body. So if you're uncomfortable, it's going to be physical discomfort. It's going to be emotional discomfort. It's going to be mental discomfort. But we only use those words <clears throat> because we want to be able to talk about it. Yeah, it's not true that there's a mental, emotional, physical separation. That's that's a story. That's not true. Yeah. Got okay. It. So if you're uncomfortable sitting, that's all right just breathe. And if you can relax your body, that will relax your mind that will relax your emotions. Mm. and It'll become easier and easier. Now, you know, it might take weeks. Yeah. But think about what the benefit could potentially be of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I can attest.
0: Yeah. Benefit is huge. Yeah. Huge. yeah so those are the three main things i'm taking away it's not so that there haven't been other things that have been discussed and explored and so on and oh, so yeah. forth but those are those are the three key things that, I, that are landing for me so yeah. from your side just to sort of wind it up
1: sure.
0: is there anything else you'd want to add to that and if and kind of over and above that again it's like if you had to tie a knot in this and wanted someone to walk away with one thing what would it be Maybe there's not one thing, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, you alluded to it when you you, ta- you were talking about summing up the idea of the negative critical voice about choosing to, um, to ignore it, to shut it down. And I think it's one of the great um, uh, obfuscations that happens for uh, us human beings that dawned on me a few years back. And I started putting it into practice to see if this This question was um, possibly could be answered with some level of truth. And to me, um, we are beings who choose. Mm. We we make meaning from our choices. Mm. And that is an incredible power that we have. Mm. <clears throat> we're we're so powerful that we can even choose to believe that we don't have choice
2: mm.
1: that and you think about that like when that negative critical voice is hammering away and i told you when we, when we talked about the ayahuasca evening mm. Mm. it was just nailing me mm. all night long every single moment you know <clears throat> it was like life in hell that that night was um that that's a choice to sit there and listen to it. Mm. Like when I said earlier, you know, why would you listen to somebody who's lying to you all the time? Like
0: mm.
1: <laughs> it's a choice. We think we don't have a choice. But we do. We have absolute choice. It's a choice to sit there and think that we don't have a choice to listen to it. That's mm. a choice. Mm. <laughs> so if we if we can like come to the realization, and that was part of what's happened for me and these in my journey away from the dominance of the negative critical voice that human beings are divine in their power mm. and we are shortchanging ourselves so much mm. by believing these themes in our lives these storylines in our lives of how disempowered we are mm. it's it's incredible the the vast difference that exists between those negative critical voices and the uh, implication of who we are as a person that that critical voice is trying to lay on us Mm -hmm. and the vast capacity that we have. Mm. It's unlimited. It's infinite, the capacity that we have.
0: But I guess people, uh, I could sit here now and say it. I intuitively know you're right, but in the absence of feeling it and caught up in the inner critic, yeah. it'd be very easy for me to feel then like I'm not doing enough, how do I tap into it? And then slave drive myself and make myself feel not good enough. Right,
2: right, right.
1: So yeah, so so the trick to me is these things we're talking about to yeah. uh, turn away from the negative critical voice, to laugh at its, at its ridiculousness because we're, we're deconstructing the reality of the critical voice. That's what yeah. we've done here today, right? Yeah it's that real it's an illusion and and a delusion right yeah to laugh at it which means we're taking back some power within ourselves right yeah and then to come to the place of being at peace within our own self or who we are yeah so do nothing and feel good about yourself yeah You're not going to become a lazy slug. You're not going to end up on the couch or something, you know, watching endless YouTube videos of cats or something. It's not going to happen. (laughs) What will happen is if you do nothing, turn the YouTube off, turn off your phone, like sit with yourself. Yeah. Become comfortable with yourself. Breathe. This is what mindfulness meditation is all about. It's about becoming Mm -hmm. comfortable with ourselves.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What will happen is, your desires for expressing that divine sense of yourself will bubble up and start to come out. Mm. And you'll start doing those things that feel right within that new awareness of who you are as a person. That's mm-hmm. what happens when we get quiet. Mm. You'll never stop creating. You'll actually be more creative if you do nothing <laughs> than if you try to do Something, something that is dumb, like doesn't fit you, right? Like yeah. it's exactly the opposite of what we think, you
0: know? It's almost what I love about it. And what you're pointing to is if I said I had, my well, we won't wondering sort of strategy of kind of like allowing myself to do what I feel like doing. This is a whole nother level because I said, I've gotten to this point now where I'm going, I don't know what I feel like doing. I'm kind of in this paralysis and you're saying, great. So do nothing. in the the actual place of not knowing rather than distracting switch that off too and just be in that place and just do stop trying to do anything at all stop trying to think stop trying to distract stop trying to just go to that place where in the in the not knowing what to do do nothing literally and be with that and breathe through that in the absence of, because you even sort of, about sort of go and do basketball. But to me, I would just be distracting myself with the basketball. Yeah, yeah. I, in many ways, I kind of like, okay, I can sit down with a paintbrush. I would just distract myself more with the paintbrush.
2: Yeah.
0: So it, there's something about stripping it away and just doing nothing, 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 nothing. Yeah. Turn the phone off, switch the TV off at the wall, just take books out of the room, whatever it may be, be yeah. in a place where I'm just with me. A yeah.
1: breathe sure it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: because just to wrap the whole thing up, I suppose, mm. um, or to, maybe to open up an, another whole chapter, <laughs> maybe <more. laughs> part two. Like to come to, for me, what 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 that led me to was to realize that there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Mm. There's, there's nothing for the negative critical voice to get a hold of.
2: Mm.
1: I just am who I am. So, so what? Yeah. And so I would say that, you know, to you, to your listeners, <clears throat> there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Mm. That, that whole psychological delving, self-discovery, beating, finding thro- problems and Removing that, blah, blah, all that stuff. That's just more of the hamster wheel. Mm. There's just nothing wrong. You're okay. Mm. You're an okay person. You're all right.
0: We've just been led to believe that we're not. And therefore thinking we've got to do more to then. So that even even the idea of personal development, like you've got to develop yourself in some way. And you're saying, no. No. No, you don't.
1: You can, you can do what Thomas Leonard, the guy who started the whole coaching profession suggested. You can change your environments around you mm. so that it makes it more conducive to feel your own acceptance, your own self-worth. Mm. That's actually a faster way towards personal what people call personal development. Mm. I would suggest that the personal development path <clears throat> and industry is geared a lot just like the advertising industry is to get people to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol or whatever <clears throat> to continue to show you how if you'll just do what we're suggesting, you'll feel so much better about yourself, right? You'll be happy. You'll have beautiful women on your elbow and, you know, like <clears throat> your body will be like a god or goddess, mm. right? Mm. Blah, 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 blah. So all you, have, all you have to do to find out what that message is, just look at advertising everywhere, what they're talking about. Yeah. And you'll see how that, that self-critiquing is a part of the problem. Yeah. And yeah. that's what they take advantage of. They take advantage of the self-critiquing. <clears throat> so the wrap-up for me is to say, you're okay.
0: Yeah. I used to work in marketing and Maybe. I used to say to people, someone gave me this line, but it's perfect. I steal people's happiness and sell it back to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what marketeers do. Yeah. The you don't have this. If you had that, it would be better. So it's exactly the same thing you're pointing to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So th- there's a globalness in that. I remember being in India and just seeing all these beautiful people with their lovely brown skin. And then wh- being in the hotel lobby, and <clears throat> every other advertisement was this bleach that you could put on your skin to make you more white.
0: <laughs> yeah. going-
1: wow. Yeah, over in the United States, the advertising during the summertime, at least, was how to get yourself tanned. You
0: know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. what?
1: What are we doing? You know, like, <laughs> just accept yourself. Just accept, yeah, you know?
0: and that is just stripping it all back, and yeah. just being okay with you. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I yeah, we did well. ask you at the very beginning, before we jumped on, how can people find you if they want to discover?
1: <clears throat> yeah, the donmacavinci.com website isn't up yet. So um, <clears throat> it's a work in progress. I'll get to it when I do. But mm. uh, I'm on Facebook, so Don McAvinci on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I put up stuff up there, and you can contact me, you know, through the messaging system up
0: there. And I also know that you're on um, Insight Timer as well. You've got a couple yeah. of... Podcasts. Um,
1: yeah, a couple of meditations, <laughs> meditations I can do plug here i won't steal anybody's happiness with these plugs and try to sell it back <clears throat> but there are two meditations up there now um, under my name one is how to love yourself and it's using the power of our our minds to practice loving ourselves so mm. with a visualization that that i developed for myself because i needed it <clears throat> so i decided to put that up there um, and um, the second one that I'd point out is I have about 14 meditations up there now, I think. But the second one is um, give yourself permission. Mm. And that's all about this idea of choice. And mm. we're so powerful we can we can pretend that we don't have permission to do what we want to do in our lives. And but we I do. think it's a great idea to reclaim that permission, you know, for yeah. ourselves. So yeah, insight timer. Great place.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Don. You're going to stay right there, but I'm going to stop press. I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you, everyone. And I'll uh, I'll tune in next time for whenever I have another podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Ah, one final thing before you disappear. If you've really enjoyed this podcast or any of my podcasts, um I would be, and you've listened to it via Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you could go on there and rate it, review it, whatever it is that you're supposed to do on there. Um, it, this basically helps, I'm told, uh, other people uh, find this podcast, um, and who knows? I mean, I'm obviously, in doing what I'm doing, I'm hoping to share wisdom with people that might need it. So if you found this of value and hope that other people would like to listen to it, a- feel free to share it with your friends but B, if you could give a review on Apple Podcasts that'd be fantastic thank you very much if you've enjoyed this episode of the We Won't Die Wandering podcast and want to find out more about all that I advocate and are interested in the life club I'm trying to build and all the coaching I provide then visit wewon'tdowandering.com and explore all that I offer and events I'll be running. And sign yourself up for news and insights delivered fresh into your inbox as they happen, including news of new podcast episodes as they get recorded and released. Wake up. Don't die wondering. You've got this. We've got this. Let's do this. Thank you for listening. Till next time, go well.